And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Spin Rate presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. That's right, this is Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. Thank you so much for dialing us up. This is a great time to be a Blue Jays fan. Today, Thursday afternoon in particular, the Blue Jays are in the middle of a seven-game winning streak. They are giving the Yankees the business, winning three the first three games of a four-game series with the opportunity to go for the sweep um, after we record. So by the time you hear this, that game may have happened. But right now, in this perfect little glow of a seven-game winning streak of vaulting themselves squarely into the center of the wild card race. As you know, here on Spin Rate, we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Usually the co-host of Spin Rate is Caitlin McGrath, who covers the team. She's in New York right now, covering this very exciting and meaningful series for Blue Jays fans. If you want to read what she has to say, she wrote a great piece with Yankees reporter Lindsay Adler earlier this week. If you want to read all that stuff, you got to go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe. We'll give you a tidy discount. I think there's a 50% off deal going around right now. Go there, sign up, If you haven't already, let them know that we sent you. Keep the bosses happy. Keep us churning out podcasts twice a week, which is, uh, according to our guest today, too much. He gave me the business. Give me the gears. Uh, Today, I had a great time to chat with the co-host of At The Letters. You read him on sportsnet.ca. His name is Arden Zwelling. He and I have known each other for a long time, which we talk about a little bit, but just a great resource for Blue Jays fans, a great guy to talk to. And uh, and we had a really interesting and fun chat. So I'm excited for you, the people who listen to SpinRate, to do that. If you want to subscribe to At The Letters, you should do that. You can go wherever you ever get your podcast, search for At The Letters, subscribe, bang, subscribe. And then you go and search for SpinRate and you find Sprint SpinRate, you subscribe to that one. Give us a rating, a review. Give us a bit of a better rating than At The Letters. Let's be honest. You know, I love Ben. I love Arden. But just do, do me this solid. Give us a better rating than you give them. You know, four stars versus five stars. Four and a half, if you can manage. But anyway, go do that. And then when you've done that, when you subscribe to the show, when you subscribe to The Athletic, then you come back and listen to this episode where I talk with Arden as well. And we talk about Marcus Simeon. We talk a little bit about Stephen Matz. We talk about the the what makes 2021 a success, or if we can already consider 2021 a success. It was a great chat. He's a really smart guy. He knows a lot of stuff. So with no further ado... I'm going to go forward in time, no backward in time, and talk to Arden Zwelling on this edition of Spin Right. Real heads will remember reading him on CFL.ca back in the day, or may even remember when he and I had the same job in the old, old, old days on the, riding the web desk like young champions. His name is Arden Zwelling, and it's my pleasure to welcome him to Spin, Spin Rate. Arden, thank you so much for making the time. Drew, you've made two mistakes. Two. The first, yes, the first mistake 
is agreeing to do two episodes a week. Crazy. Nobody <laughs> needs two Blue Jays podcasts a week in this very crowded Blue Jays podcast market. But then once you made that mistake, the second mistake was not getting Caitlin to sign up for both. Because like, look where you are now, where you're so far down the guest <laughs> barrel. Like you have, like you've gone beyond. You're not even scraping the bottom anymore. You are like unearthing the insects and invertebrate like that live beneath the guest barrel. That you have churned up me, someone who you are introducing as. Oh, this guy used to write about Canadian football and work uh, on shitty web desk uh, shifts at like <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> On the, the old, old score. At least you only did it on the weekends, which yeah. <laughs> right on Saturday, two in the morning, and then try to have to like swim upstream through the like just waves of drunken idiots that would just crash at you as soon as you exited that building. So you you oh. didn't you weren't around for the the score that moved to where it is now before it moves. I think they're moving to like no. Cherry Beach or something like that. But like when they moved, we moved that much further down King Street. That's when it was like even more like you would walk out of the door and be right onto like the VIP section of some wild nightclub. And the people who would work the web desks then would be seeing people getting like punched into cars and stuff on King Street in the night, which is just that that little extra bit of. Wow. But no, I am not scraping the bottom of the barrel. I am so excited to talk to you, who from your mm. humble beginnings writing about Canadian football and, uh, and writing the, the web desk have uh, become a real authority in terms of voices and magazine style, like long form stuff that we everyone always looks forward to. They shared, they reshared you went to fucking Japan to talk to Shohei Otani years ago. Uh, you can't get enough. And it's, and, and of course, at the, at the letters, setting the standard. Yes. Where for, else for are, can you hear Arden's Blue Jays thoughts than on the incredibly similar podcast that is going to come out on the exact same day? As this one. <laughs> well, what time so is yours we, coming out? I'm going to get my producer to have ours come out one minute <laughs> earlier. It's, but it's, we're not competing. It's because we talked, we were talking a little bit about podcasts before. There are a lot of people listen to podcasts at like two times speed, three times speed because they just want to get them all in. So, you know, there's, there's, it's a big tent. But we all sometimes try to keep these midweek episodes maybe a bit more of like a, a wider view, which I think is a good place that we can start. We can pretend for now. Yeah. We, we can get to the soup of the day. We'll talk about the Blue Jays, and they've won at this time of recording here seven games in a row. They are right in the thick of the wild card race. But let's do a little bit of that zoom out. And something you wrote about earlier this season, which is Marcus Simeon, who has just continued to have an incredible season. The Blue Jays wouldn't be where they are today without him. They wouldn't be you know, the kind of team that folks are going to fear going into late September and potentially October. But there's so much more to Marcus Simeon that I think Blue Jays don't know. Again, this is his first season. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to say that he's having a career year, but he kind of did this exact same thing in 2019. Um, you know, what is maybe what's something that, that Blue Jays fans don't know or haven't come to yet appreciate about Marcus Simeon that you have learned in terms of writing about him and covering him here for the year? Well, no, I, I do appreciate you saying that because I wrote a really big profile on Marcus Simeon earlier this year. I think it was in May mm -hmm. and it came out like when he was slumping, when <laughs> he had a pretty, pretty rough start to the year. If it came out now today, it would probably do far better numbers than it did then because I'm not even convinced that many people 
Reddit because I sometimes like hear people wondering things about Marcus Simeon on the radio or wherever. And I'm like, no, no, no. I answered that question. Like it's in the piece. Mm-hmm. It's in there. You could go back and, and reference it. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it was interesting, man. It called a bunch of people from his, uh, and this is when there was like no travel, by the way. So this was not one of the cool long foreign pieces that you get to go to Japan or you get to go and travel around and actually, um, see people face to face. This was all through my cell phone, uh, which I guess he doesn't even call them cell phones anymore, but that's beside the point. Uh, so I just called a bunch of people from his life and like Marcus Simeon is like definition of no new friends. All the people mm. that he trains with in the off season, all of his buddies, all of his friends he goes golfing with, like everyone he hangs out with, these are all people from Cal State. <laughs> these are all people that he like went to college with. These are all people that he went to high school with. Like he has kept a very small circle. The guy who throws him BP um, and hits batting or uh, uh, like um, hits some ground balls like during the offseason guy, David Buscovich, who like he played with in college and was just like a total scrub in, in college, by the way. But he's now just working out with him at the Coliseum every winter. And like Marcus Simeon's workouts are like legendary the stuff mm. that you wouldn't believe like because mark simeon's got three kids he had a newborn this past winter and like drew you know what that's all about marcus simeon was going to the gym at like 4 35 in the morning flipping on the lights at the coliseum where by the way oakland let him work out all off season even when he was a free agent which speaks to how much he meant to that franchise and to that organization and like the respect and reverence that they had for him. And he was like in there at 4 35 AM getting in like three hours of work going home before his kids got up so that he was there when they got up, making them breakfast, doing the whole morning thing that you do with kids and then going back to work out some more and to hit and to take ground balls and to work all day. So like, this guy's work ethic is is next, next, next level. Like, there's a reason why when he left Oakland, everybody there was like distraught. Like, Drew, you know this. Like the the quotes that guys give when players leave organizations, and like you know, a lot of it's kind of eyewash, right? A lot of it's stuff that you say, but the quotes that were coming out of Oakland after Marcus Simeon left were like of a different tenor. And there's a very reason why, very, very good reason why. You could see that even just this last week. Obviously, you, as you said, you wrote the story in May, and to be able to, you know, as you said, if the story was to come out now or even after that home, the series against Oakland at home, where he hits the walk off home run, and even like little things like that, Tony Kemp, you know, watching from left field, watching the interview, uh, the way that Marcus Simeon like brought it up right away, you know, unsolicited. He's like, you know, I used to play for Oakland, but this time I play for Toronto. But you know, it reminded me of like a, a soccer thing where the you don't, or sometimes players will, will move teams and then score and then not celebrate their goal. It seemed like it was almost like that sort of situation. There's so much respect for him, so much respect within the clubhouse, and he has such you know respect. And you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, of, of a cliche, but he has that air of being like that consummate professional, the guy who has so much respect within the game. And and I really wonder about what that means for him going forward. Now again, coming off this amazing platform year, two years out of three, where he's been one of the best players in baseball definitely one of the best shortstops in the game you know there, there's no reason to think that that there won't be a line of of teams lining uh, you know getting ready with their trucks full of money to bring them over to Marcus Simeon to get him into their fold there was a line this past offseason people think that like Toronto was the only club that Marcus Simeon was talking to I mean the twins offered him a year and 14 million um the Dodgers are talking to him about playing third base the Giants were in the Reds were in the Blue Jays like went down the road on a four-year deal with Marcus Simeon 
going into this year. And obviously the AAV would have been a lot lower than the 18 over one that he ended up signing for, but they went down the road on that. And those are very real conversations. And I think that at the end of the day, it just kind of made sense for both sides for Marcus Simeon and betting on himself and for the Blue Jays and not tying up payroll many years down the road at a time when there were still significant questions about Marcus Simeon after 2020 and about whether he could be the 2019 guy again. And even some of the Mm -hmm. people I talked to coming into this season weren't they weren't expecting him to get back to 2019. Like that was not the expectation. The expectation was that he would, he would kind of fall somewhere in the middle of Mm -hmm. what he showed in 19 and what he showed in 20. And that his true talent was somewhere in the middle there because his true talent coming out of high school, coming out of college in his first four five, six years in the pros wasn't this like this is the product of very diligent hard work over time to make himself as good as he is that's why he is that ball player's ball player that you are suggesting because he has like put so much into his career and into improving to where he is today this is not a guy who has been bet on by anybody at any point in his career and hopefully he has finally arrived at that point now where somebody is going to bet on him this offseason and he is finally going to recoup some of the tremendous surplus value that he has provided uh not only the oakland athletics over the four or five six years he was there very good club at extracting surplus value uh but the the blue jays this year as well we'll be right back with more spin rate but first check this out looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So uh, what? Let's. I don't want to pin you down to a number, but I mean, we're talking about a guy who, has again, has this kind of respect within the game, does... Uh, perform at a high level now again two years two years out of three on top of being you know an elite defensive shortstop i think i don't think that's unfair to say a lot of a lot of the, the advanced metrics love him and i think that you know the the talk about his dedication to to working out and to fitness and to whatever uh health is a skill and this is a guy who is a very productive player who is stays on the field and you know i i a few weeks ago was kind of bandying about being like why why shouldn't he get like a george springer sized deal because he is an equally skilled player, his production comes in a bit of a different form. But he's on the field all the time. This is this is a guy that's going to command a lot of years and a lot of dollars from whoever it is. If it's the Blue Jays or if it's again Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees, whoever that's in the market for a shortstop, second baseman, whatever it might be, he's going to get that kind of big money from whoever it might be. True, I hope so. I want him to get yeah, every yeah. dollar and every cent, man. And I, I think as an organization, I don't know what box you wouldn't check for you, really. I mean, it's really just like the date of birth is the one box that you don't love. Otherwise, like you said, premium up the middle defense, 
incredible clubhouse guys and tangibles character all that stuff off the charts uh he's gonna hit like 40 bombs this year you've got power takes his walks good uh you know swing decisions guy prepares like crazy like you said he's on the field he doesn't miss time i mean he has a season in which he's played all 162 and he's got another couple where he's up at 158 159 this year he's going to get up again to what 156 157 158 so yeah i, I mean I don't know what the the term in dollar value ends up at for him, just because like we always make this mistake of comparing off seasons to each other, and you really mm. can't like it's not arb right like you can't really make those comparisons like just because like that's what George Springer's market produced what he got um, Marcus Simeon's market crowded shortstop class new CBA our team spending our team's not. Where does the uh, what is effectively a salary cap, but where does the CBT end up being like that all factors into this? What are the needs? So really, it's going to depend on what the market bears for him. But man, I hope it bears every last dollar and cent because I want I want to see that guy get paid. No matter what it is, and again, I, that you've made a great point uh, that I agree with about uh, you know the the market factors, and you've got Trevor Story, you've got Carlos Correa, you've got Corey Seager out there, um, but I don't think that that Marcus Simeon play sec- should play second fiddle to any of those guys in terms of when teams start to go shopping. Now, another thing, again, if we're going to talk a little bit of big picture, you know. The, it's easy. I, I, I want to talk about Robbie Ray, but I want to talk a little bit about Steven Matz. I know someone that you've written about a little bit recently, a guy who who the Blue Jays made like a basically no risk acquisition, who's really kind of turned it around he, uh, and, and not, not just turned it around. He pitched fine from the, the first few months of the season. Now he's pitching like really, really well. What are you seeing from Steven Matz that might suggest that this is kind of a, a guy who's maybe figured some things out, a guy who's got into the Matt Bushman, Pete Walker lab and is sort of helping to become the best version of himself? Is it that or is it just he's just kind of hit a groove? I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. Yeah, I've, I've got to find a different way to talk about this than I did an hour ago on Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for Stephen Matz, it's always been fastball changeup, right? So think back to Marco Estrada. He used to say, man, once I found the feel for that changeup, and once I got that changeup looking the same out of my hand as my fastball, then I was money. And then I was gravy. And then I had hitters right where I wanted them. Like that's the thing with Trevor Richards. And that's why sometimes it works very well with Trevor Richards. And sometimes it doesn't is because sometimes mm-hmm. he is repeating his release point and his delivery. And there is deception there. And then sometimes there isn't. And it's 92, 93 over the plate and it's into the seats. Uh, the thing Steven Matz has going for him is his fastball is that much better than that of a Trevor Richards or a Marco Estrada. So his sinker, it's pretty sick. Like it's always been pretty good. Like it's 95, 96, it moves. That's great. If he can command the top of the zone with it and elevate with that and in, especially to right handers, and then that change up is at the bottom of the zone and they both look the same out of his hand and he has that deception. He can be very successful and you mix in a curveball, which in his last outing looked really good. He hasn't had his curveball all year. If he starts layering that in, like that's the part where I think the the Walker, the Bushman, the pitching department folks all come in is getting that curveball going because they can't teach Stephen Matz how to have good feel for his changeup. You know, they can make him, they can make his slider or his sinker, excuse me, play up a little bit more because they moved him on the mound and maybe they found a better lane for it. It's a nice little tweak. But I think they've really been working with them hard on that curveball in bullpens. And if that curveball enters into the mix and there's a third pitch and he can demonstrate that he's throwing it for strikes and hitters have to think about it, 
that's going to unlock a lot of things for him, I think. Um, and I, you know, as a Blue Jays fan, you have to hope a few more strikeouts because that's the thing. He has been striking out that many guys. So you would like to see the K's come up a little bit more for him if you're really going to be protecting or predicting like sustainable long term success with his mix. It's, fu- it's funny because the the Pete Walkers and the and Matt Bushmans and those guys, they get a lot of. Um, Credit they, and they deserve a lot of credit for for identifying and then helping you know players find those little those little um, tweaks or little nuances or little things that they can do moving on the mound whatever. But at the same time, it's not like they're you know it's hardly splitting the atom right. Like it's, it's I mean maybe maybe we're we're thinking about it in simplified ways. But but you know I know you 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 obviously cover the team and you've written a lot about this type of thing is i wonder if there's if there's something is it really about the way that these they're able to relate to these guys is it really about the way that they're able to kind of like deliver these messages um that that helps it to to land or is it just sort of maybe well i'll just ask you that what do you what do you think is there something to that is is it really just about the way they're able to connect and get some guys to listen and hear what they're trying to tell them well, the mistake that you always hear is people saying the the Pete Walker pixie dust, right? Or the magic mm-hmm. touch of Pete Walker. And it's like, well, just to take nothing away from Pete, who I think is one of the best, if not the best, pitching coaches in baseball. But when you like really talk to people with the Blue Jays about it, they never say Pete Walker. They say our pitching folks, so mm-hmm. our pitching department. So that includes scouts and analysts. Like that includes the front office nerds because like the first like part of the entire process is identifying that there is a Steven Matz with the Mets. There is an organization. The Mets were motivated to move him. um, And he could be had for a pretty like rock bottom price, which is what he was same thing with Robbie Ray, identifying that there is a guy in Robbie Ray with stuff and with some obvious flaws, but like some ways that we think we can help him and we can acquire him for nothing and get this ridiculous Cy Young season at one year, $8 million, we can acquire Steven Matz for three edge of the 40 man roster pieces and have our number five starter lead MLB and ERA in August. Right. So you identify that that potential is there and then you bring him in and you figure out if this guy is willing to make adjustments and willing to change and make tweaks. Same thing's happening with Gregory Polanco right now in Buffalo. The Blue Jays are figuring out, Hey, are you willing to work at this? Are you willing to make those changes that you clearly need to make? Like, are you willing to do that? Where's your character at? Where is just your motivation, your desire at? With Mats and Ray, the motivation, desire was there. They made the work. And then it's up to Pete and Matt Bushman and the other pitching folks around the team to help them make those changes and to implement them. It's no guarantee that it's going to work. But if you have like a very, and like we all roll our eyes at the buzzwords, right? But like at the a very collaborative effort where everybody is kind of moving in the same direction and everyone says, okay, hey, here's this guy. He's got this stuff. We think he can make these changes to more, you know, to, to fulfill his potential. When you have everybody coming together and working that way, centered around the player and the players motivated to make those changes as well, good things can happen. It's not always going to work out, but in the case of Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, like hell yeah, did it ever. It, it reminds me of uh, Andy McCullough, the athletic wrote that story about the Rays earlier this year and how from the outside, the Rays are like kind of deplorable you know, pariahs within the game. They treat the players like, like, well, I mean, they're, you know, f- from a fan perspective or from wherever, wherever I sit in that kind of matrix, but like, but the players love to play for them. And I think it sounds like it's a lot of the same sort of thing. Like we're going to help you. We want to help you become the best version of yourself. We want to help you help our team win games. We want to help you help 
you, you know, get paid, all those sorts of things. And I think that it's, it's the, the pitching staff gets, a, the pitching team gets a lot of the, the credit for, for finding these guys and, and especially, you know, in, in the bullpen as well, where it's maybe not as dramatic, not as visible as like, we took Robbie Ray, a guy that everybody knew could, you know, through hard and whatever. And now he's a Cy Young candidate. He's going to get paid, you know, a hundred million dollars, whatever it is. But, I, I would, and I was really glad that you brought up Gregory Polanco because I would love to, I'm excited or hopeful to see more position player examples. I think Teoscar Hernandez is the one right now who can be like the poster boy, but at the same time, maybe I'm, I'm look. I'm trying, hoping and thinking of who else could be an example of that. You know, Randall Fisher. Gritchick is an example of a guy who's come in and been Randall Gritchick, right? He's been Randall Gritchick every single year. Yeah. But uh, sorry, what, I didn't hear what you wanted to say. I made a snide remark. I said Derek Fisher. Oh. Oh, Derek Fisher. Well, yeah, but it, but it's it's not. Oh, poor Derek Fisher. Hey, man, there's there's lots of ex, uh, you know, former project type Blue Jays. Billy McKinney's playing right field today on Thursday. So, and Mookie Betts is playing second base. That's the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. the, the Dodgers are doing something. I don't know what that is, but but uh, Derek Fisher's an example of how like it doesn't always work out. Socrates Brito is an example. It doesn't always work out, right? And I think mm-hmm, that you're mm-hmm. right. The Blue Jays have had more success on the pitching side than they have on the hitting side. Tim Mesa is not a great example because they knew Tim Mesa well. He came up through the organization, but minor league deal has turned into like Andrew Miller light because they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, why don't you develop a two seamer while you're down with Tommy John surgery and start throwing that. And maybe that'll unlock some things for you and like hell to the yes, did it ever. Right. AJ mm-hmm. Cole guy who was like at one time, a top 100 prospect lost that shine just became this like veteran journeyman some people in the blue jays up front office like liked him a lot for a long time and thought like yeah there is something here that we can work on they brought him in ended up getting a really useful um season of relief out of him so like yeah there are more examples on the pitching side like i said it's not always going to work out and they're still trying to figure it out on the position player side we have seen more examples of it not working out on the position player side than we have uh, of it, of the Teoscar Hernandez's. And um, like, I really struggle to think of another example. Like they tried it with Vogelbach for like two weeks, you know, and it didn't, it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't there. Um, but the other thing is as you get better and as you become more of a contender, you have fewer opportunities to do stuff like that. Cause you're not the raise because you're going to spend some money and you're going to have a Springer and a Ryu on your payroll. And you're going to be, you know, one twenty one thirty million million instead of the raise who, as you said, are deplorable and hated because like, if they would just spend the money that we know that their ownership has, they could be the juggernaut of all juggernauts and their players would be paid a more, re- a more fair rate. So mm-hmm. that you have fewer opportunities right now as blue Jays to do that stuff. But that is part of the design is not only because if you're not going to develop your own dudes, you got to find them somewhere. You got to find your cheap surplus value somewhere. Cause that's how all these winners are built unless you're the Dodgers or the Yankees essentially. So mm-hmm. if you can't bring it from within, you got to find it somewhere else. Well, the thing that I always say, the difference between the Blue Jays and the Jays and the difference or the, the Blue Jays and the Rays. And the thing that makes the race different than everybody else is there are no stakes for the race. If it doesn't work, yeah. the Rays are like, mm, I don't know. What do you want to do? We have a $30 million payroll. But when it does work, it's like, look at Tyler Glasnow. He's great. But if it doesn't, it's like, mm, shrug, off we go. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We could bring it back to the team and, and where we are today. So, if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs this year, do you think that makes this season a, a failure, a success? Again, we talk about stakes. There are big stakes for the Blue Jays in terms of Hyunjin Ryu here headed to the back end of his contract. Uh, George Springer, the first year, you know, presumably the most productive year of, of a longer term contract. Where, what do you think the stakes are for the Blue Jays here as they come down the stretch in terms of make or break? And are the playoffs the, the be all and end all? Or is it really a, a, already a success in your mind because of so many of the step forward, so many steps forward that were made by guys across the roster? Yeah. So like, I don't see that like binary, like line mm-hmm. in the sand, success and failure, right? Like I would see mm-hmm. this season as a net positive and one of the negatives would be that you did not make the postseason in a year when you had a Cy Young front runner and two top five MVP finishers and Jordan Romano having this like incredible year in the closers role. And we're all going to, when, if and when this team misses the playoffs by a game or two, which is probably the most likely outcome at this point, we're all going to go back and point to one or two of those 12 games that they blew from the seventh inning on and be like, well, there it is. And we're all going to look at this roster and say that, yes, the top was very good, but it was top heavy as hell. And you got spots where you've got like in the game on Wednesday night, Jake Lamb is driving in Gerard Dyson with a sacrifice fly <laughs> for that on run <laughs> to bring in mm-hmm. uh, Adam Simber into high leverage to throw like 86 mile an hour Frisbees. They're going to be put in play and like fingers crossed the defense behind me is going to take care of this. <laughs> so like, we're all going to, we're all going to point to those obvious bits. Right. But then you zoom back. Cause I think we're trying to do, you think about it, last time this team played an actual real 162 game season, it lost 95 times. So mm. that discernible, obvious improvement if you are only a game or two out of the playoffs. And then you look at getting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right, getting him to fulfill his potential. You have an MVP candidate, whereas for the first two seasons of his his career, it was like, is this guy going to do the work that's going to take to fulfill what is obvious that he can be like this otherworldly player? Bo Bichette settling in to what's looking like a very nice MLB career. Teoscar Hernandez getting one of the, like, obviously, like the best possible outcome from his career, helping him absolutely 
become the best player that it was possible that he could be. And that for 10 years, people said he couldn't be. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. just being Lourdes and being himself, right? Alejandro Kirk coming to the big leagues at 22. Kids got like 200 MLB plate appearances and maybe even fewer in the minor leagues and has like a, you know, marathoner's heart rate in massive situations at Yankee Stadium. And just like we can go on and on, right? There there are a lot Mm -hmm. of, I think it would be a net positive this season if they didn't reach the playoffs but absolutely one of the negatives would be blowing some of the amazing outcomes you got this year from guys like ray simeon guerrero etc through like some pretty piss poor relief work earlier in the season and roster depth that did not support how good the top end of your roster is Marcus Simeon comes in, turns in an MVP quality season, translates it into some kind of incredible payday that he's, you know, well, has earned over his time. And then the thing that when, if we're looking at those 12 losses, pointing to the time that he couldn't make a routine throw from second base to first on like a Sunday afternoon when everybody was already halfway out the door. Arden, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I want you to tell the people where they can find you and your work uh, other than the archives of CFL.ca. Yeah, uh, everybody who's listening to this, uh, just go ahead and stop and listen to at the letters and then uh, delete spin rate from your podcast app, unfollow Drew Fair Service on Twitter. Uh, don't buy any of the boner pills that he's hawking on here or the <laughs> whatever the, the pube grooming products and appliances that he's trying to get you to buy. Do not enter any Why promo codes. Do not pass glow. <laughs> Do not collect $200. Uh, yeah, keep listening to Spin Rate. Listen to at the letters. Uh, you know, it's probably the only two Blue Jays podcasts you need in your life, I'd say. I don't think that's unfair to say. I mean, there are lots of great Blue Jays podcasts, but, you know, let's be real. Uh, this has been a great time. This has been a real pleasure. Drew, uh, it's good, man. No, it's, we, uh, we go back. We, we both began from humble beginnings at the score, and we will never forget those halcyon days. The one good thing about those shifts, man, like at two in the morning on a Saturday night when I'm waiting for like some West coast and I'm ducks game to finish or something. So I can, like, <laughs> that, plug that's in. always the reference that everybody pulls. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, the Kings and ducks are going to triple OT. And I'm like, great. The one good thing was that there was that little balcony overlooking, was it Peter, I guess. And I it was could, right. Well, it was, it was overlooked King, but look went out onto Peter as well. Yeah. Like you could look down Peter and then right. see on to King. And I could look down Peter and there there was just always just mayhem and catastrophe. So on those uh I like I can say this now, on some of those like very late night Saturday shifts, there were a few cans brought in the old backpack and perhaps a pack of darts and just sit out there waiting for those <laughs> late games to finish and getting paid uh, at a very, very, very low rate. Uh, to you know, drink like a low brow on uh, you know on the on the balcony, watching fist fights and uh, you know c- crying groups of people uh, sitting on curbs and people vomiting street meat and stuff. So those are the days. Bless, yeah. bless those days. Bless the sitting on the curb is like the number one sign that things are not going to be okay. No, but things are going to be okay. I you know as I said. It's it's so great to see you turning out so much great work, and I think the biggest beneficiary of that is our Blue Jays fans who get to listen to your show and and read the stuff that you do and have a good time covering and or watching and following the Blue Jays because they're a fun team, and I hope that that we as 
content creators or whatever can help enhance that and just help everybody have a good time and follow a fun team. His name is Arden Swelling. Excuse me. My name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.